There's a lot to break down in that new public safety plan that was announced by Premier David Eby over the weekend. It's called the Safer Communities Action Plan. One of the things that that plan will focus on is addressing repeat violent offenders and the fact that they continually get let out on bail. There will be stricter consequences. There will be a team that is tasked with essentially following repeat offenders uh, to and you know to make sure that they are being processed properly, that perhaps they stay in jail as opposed to being let out on bail. They're also going to include 12 new teams to intervene in mental health incidents to potentially free up police to focus more on crime-related issues. But will this plan actually make a difference? And also, what took so long to put this plan into place? Joining us now is BC Liberal MLA, Eleanor Serco, who's also, of course, a former police officer. Uh, good morning and thank you for being here. Good morning, Cindy. All right, first up, let's get your assessment of the plan. What do you think? I think overall, there's some good ideas in the plan. I'm happy to see so much engagement, um, obviously, with police, um, the cooperation between, uh, you know, probation officers, uh, special prosecutor, um, obviously, looking to work very closely with Indigenous communities. Uh, These are good ideas, but these are things that we've been calling for, including a directive to BC Prosecution Service for almost an entire year now. So what do you think is the key to making sure this works then? Well, the accountability. The accountability has to be there. So the fact that we have this directive um, from BC Prosecute or to BC Prosecution Service taking effect tomorrow, looking and seeing a team that is comprised of police, prosecutors and uh, probation officers certainly signals the intent to uh, be seeking stricter bail conditions. But, you know, it's the follow through that's going to matter, because if you're giving people stricter bail conditions, whether that condition is to uh, attend certain treatment or to go to certain uh, classes to abide by a curfew, if a person fails to appear in court or any other condition that's being imposed on them, if there is not the follow through, if there's not the intent to then charge them with fail to appear in court, with breaching those conditions, then we're going to end up in the same place that we are now with no accountability, people committing crimes with impunity and continuing to, um, you know, terrorize the community. Right. So do you think that the kind of directives that the plan provides for are strong enough then to make sure that happens? I haven't yet had a chance to see what the directive includes, but, you know, I have to tell you, and you might sense it in my voice that I have a level of frustration here These are ideas that were brought forward by the opposition, called for by the B.C. Urban Mayor's Caucus as early as December of 2021. Um, Things that were recommended for months. In fact, a directive was provided um, to David Eby by Mike DeYoung more than seven months ago, asking for uh, this directive to be brought forward repeatedly. Both David Eby as AG, also Marie Rankin as Attorney General, repeatedly said this was something that could not be done. They said it was not lawful. They said that it was all Ottawa's fault, Bill C-75, their hands were tied. And meanwhile, on average, six people a day were being randomly attacked in Vancouver. And then all of a sudden, we have a directive going forward tomorrow. So it's extremely frustrating, you know, and in my opinion, this has been held back at the expense of innocent victims in British Columbia. What do you think was the holdup? 
you know, it's very hard, I would think, to justify this holdup, to be honest. In my opinion, hearing some of the, the questioning to our new premier from the media, uh, Rob Shaw actually asked him, you know, why has it taken so long for this to come forward? And David Eby's response was, because I said I would hit the ground running. It's just evidence to me that this was held back for political gain. And, you know, sure, politics has things that you want to make announcements. You want to have a big splash and show that you're doing something, but not at the expense of people's safety. People in my very riding um, suffered as victims of crime as a result of, of this legislation. And we're talking about a catch and release nightmare for this province that was virtually set up over the last five years because of, you know, um, not being strong, not um, asking for people to be remanded to custody and looking for ways to um, have the least onerous conditions placed on people. And and we're looking at our new premier. This is what he stands for. This is, he said that his time at Pivot Legal Society advocating for people who have committed crimes was formative for him. It's not surprising to me the situation that we're in that has been built over the last five years. But what do you think of the direction to the prosecution service then to implement what they're calling a clear and understandable approach to bail for repeat violent offenders. So essentially they're saying to the prosecution service, you need to fight these conditions more often. What do you think of that? I think it's a good idea. And I think it's an idea that's been requested since 2021 from the BC Urban Mayor's Caucus. So, and then it's something that we were told by Murray Rankin just a couple of weeks ago in the BC legislature that it wasn't in line with the criminal code and couldn't be done. So I think it's absolutely um, egregious that all of a sudden a, a switch has flipped. It's no longer Ottawa's fault. Their hands have not been tied, as we've said. Cindy, I've been on your show talking about this, that that there was more that they could do. I remember being asked repeatedly, is there more that this government could do? And I repeatedly said yes, including a directive to BC Prosecution Service. So I'm glad to see it. I don't want to be all, you know, uh, this is a good idea. And, and I'm hoping that we are seeing that stricter bail conditions for those who pose the highest risk to public safety are, in fact, followed through with. Right. But it's not just about imposing strict bail conditions. It's about consequences for those who break those conditions. Right. So that's what you're going to be watching for is that, yes, this is all well and good, but what are the results? Absolutely. And, you know, it's the results that matter. And and it's not just announcements. It's not just plans. It's actually following through, ensuring that we do get the outcomes that are desired. We heard, you know, a lot over this past summer that there was unintended consequences of different forms of legislation. But let's be clear that over the last five years, these were the exact intended consequences of former Pivot Legal Society lawyer David Eby. Soft on crime, thinking of the best interest of those accused of crime over the right of the public to feel safe. And this nightmare of catch and release that's led to, on average, six people a day being randomly attacked in just Vancouver alone is a direct result of things that he implemented when he was DAG. Okay, so what about the mental health aspects of this plan, too, which clearly there's a two-pronged approach here. Is that the best way to approach it, in your opinion? I think that this is a good move. These are also things that we have been asking for. And so, yes, I think that, you know, based on even my experience as a police officer, seeing some of the um, intersection between mental health, addictions and crime is, is wonderful. Again, it comes down to the accountability and how are we going to be compelling, <clears throat> pardon me, these individuals into 
these types of programs. Because if it is a condition, for example, a bail condition, if we can have people participating um, as a condition of their release or uh, programs that they can be uh, doing while they are in custody, these will be very good. But again, we need that accountability and we need to make sure that the justice system has the supports that it needs uh, moving forward. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Simi. Always a pleasure.